0: Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this man on. His name is uh, Dr. Pierre Corey. He's a medical doctor. He's also the president of Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, FCCC. Doc, it's really nice to make your acquaintance. How are you?
1: Oh, doing well. Thanks for having me on.
0: You know, it turns out you've been peddling this horse paste, huh? Yes, apparently. Uh, You don't know this about me. I had COVID once maybe twice. I'm not sure if I had it the second time, but uh, I'm 56 in pretty good health. I'm not in a high risk category. I am not vaccinated. I won't get the jab because I don't know what's in it. And uh, from what I can tell from all the documentaries I've seen and from what I've learned from you, um, the adverse effects are not even known yet. And there are a lot that we do know. Uh, I I used ivermectin. I used B12. I used D3. I used C. I I took some steroids from my lungs to make sure that I got over it. Doc, I was off the air one day. One day, uh, and I had COVID-19. So this is something that, obviously, I'm not a special person. I'm not a superhuman. I'm just some guy who happened to get it, and I treated it the right way. Um, Why is it that people weren't listening to people like you from day one when it came to ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or zinc or fill in the blank? Why
1: were they so dead set on you not being heard? Well, that's a great question because... You have to understand, Joe, going into the pandemic, myself and my colleagues that formed the FLCCC, um, we're some of the most highly published physicians in our specialty. And we've been well known for decades. I've gone, given courses and lectures around the world, so have my colleagues. So we thought our careers and our credibility would mean something and our guidance would be valued and supported. The problem was that guidance strayed from the consensus. It strayed from the narrative. Even though it was highly evidence based, ground in you know lots of research, thought, and clinical expertise and experience, it, it didn't comport with what was coming out of these agencies. And and it's a really sad thing because what happened to you listening just one day on the air, you know, you had access to good information. Yes. And you acted on it. You had a sound approach and you got better quickly. That's been my experience in my practice treating patients over the last few years is that the treat early treatment works. Yet that message, you know, if the only message that that, that works for early treatment is this ridiculous drug called Paxlovin. And I mean, Joe, you know why I'm here. You know what what the problems are that we've had as a group of doctors. I mean, our careers have ended over this. Yes. Because we came out with good guidance and it threatened the profits of not only the vaccination campaign, but all of these price pricey new some pharmaceuticals. We didn't know this was going to happen to us. This is really shocking to me.
0: He's got a book that you can pre-order now. It's called The War on Ivermectin. It's going to be out in uh, February. Go and check out Amazon and look up Dr. Pierre Corey, and it's K-O-R-Y. Doc, was it purely about profits? Was it about power and control? Was it about population control? Was it all of those things? Was it none of those things? Because obviously, forcing people to take something where they didn't have informed consent is against international law. EUA just simply means it's experimental, and you take it if you want to take a chance of this helping you, whereas we had these other therapeutics like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and others that were available that we were basically told if cory says go get it he's somehow a quack what were the reasons do you think they pushed the, these jabs from day one
1: well the short answer joe would be all of the above i tried to just keep it at the profit the profiteering because the COVID has presented just immense amount of profits to these corporations and many of their behaviors are consistent with prior ones you know seeking profit as the main objective But, you know, the other things that you mentioned with the control, that also happened. Depopulation is also happening. Now, whether those were the primary objective or not, I don't know, but there's evidence to support both of them. Um, But ultimately, you know, what, what I say about ivermectin is that it's not really about ivermectin. This has been going on for decades. You know, the health system seeks and destroys any therapies that threaten the profits of that industry. And... You know, I, I didn't know that I would launch myself into this war on ivermectin, which is the title of my book, but um, what I've learned in the last two years beyond how to treat COVID and all the facets and how to treat vaccine injury and all that is, is learning about the overwhelming influence and control of the health system. And I'm also now an expert on what I call disinformation, yes. which is what they practice, and that's really what the book is about. It's about the global disinformation campaign to try to get people to do what you said to believe that it's a horse dewormer, and only you know radical right wing uh, anti vaxxers would use it. You know, and they they caricature us in ways that are really harmful and they're they're hurtful.
0: It's Dr. Pierre Corey. Go to dot com, And make sure you go to Amazon, pre-order this book as well. I'm glad you went to the and disinformation because I want to bring up your Wikipedia page. I just have to. Doc, I have to because this blew my mind. Now, I'm somebody who has done the research. I know the adverse effects of the shots. I know that once you get on a ventilator, your chances of living were not very good. So do your best to not go to the hospital and get on a ventilator. Get therapeutics that'll keep you out. But the opening line in this is Pierre Corey is an American critical care physician who gained attention during the COVID-19 pandemic for advocating widespread off-label use of certain drugs as, as treatments for COVID-19 as president and co-founder of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, FLCCC. Corey testified twice to the U.S. Senate regarding COVID-19 during his testimony in December 2020. Listen to this. Corey erroneously claimed that the anti-parasitic medication ivermectin was a wonder drug uh, with uh, miraculous effectiveness against COVID-19. Now, if I were to continue, Doc, and this is a very long Wikipedia page, it says erroneously, he pushed misinformation. He incorrectly said. He overstated a a study. He had to quit or resign or step down because of this. The entire thing is an attack on you and all of your years of history that were impeccable before you dared say, hey, maybe we should try something else for COVID-19. How do you react to that? Because people who don't know you and didn't do the research that I did will believe this garbage.
1: Yeah, I... how do I react to it now is very different. I've learned to develop a thick skin, and I understand that, really, this is a war of information. That's also why I appreciate coming on your show, because, you know, the the, the censorship and propaganda, to get people to believe that ivermectin doesn't work, and or other drugs, right, hydroxychloroquine, they've done the same thing too, and and then to attack and destroy uh, those experts that know it works, I mean, it's all part of censorship and propaganda, which is what forms disinformation, and and so it's been a war of information and unfortunately the powers of those that hold, you know, the influence of major media, um, it's been immense and they've caused a humanitarian catastrophe. And I'll tell you the two things that underlie that humanitarian catastrophe is one was the widespread suppression of early treatment options like yes. hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, and then the widespread suppression on the lethality and toxicity of these vaccines. And we're seeing it in the data. We're seeing birth rates drop. We're seeing you know, excess mortality increase across the world, um, all timed with these with these vaccination campaigns. And it, it's been very destructive. And I've, I'm proud to be a voice that, have, that has spoken truth and expertise, tried to be a good guide, and I'll take the attacks. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do.
0: It's Dr. Pierre Cory going on to check out his website, DrPierreCorey.com. Get this book. It's The War on Ivermectin. It, it is in pre-order now. It's going to be out in February. I had Dr. Peter McCullough on not too long ago. And when I had him on, he said, if there is a death, a premature death in a human being that is uh, not explainable any other way, I'm going to call it a a uh, a jab death. I'm going to call it a COVID nineteen vaccine death. Um, yeah. and, and he was very serious about that. We do see an increase in mortality that nobody's talking about. They only want to talk about who's dying allegedly from COVID nineteen. They don't want to talk about people who six months after the shot drop dead. Six months, uh, a year after the shot, have a stroke. They're dead. The uh, 25 year old soccer player falls dead in the, in, in, on the soccer field. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's just natural. It's a natural occurrence, Doc. Nothing to see here. And that's frankly not true, is it? Is there a way that we're going to be able to, after all of the fog you know, uh, subsides, can we clearly check and see why these people died and if it was in fact because of the jabs? Well, to to prove
1: it definitively with an autopsy is difficult cuz they're not looking for for uh, for, you know, the causes of, of being related to the vaccine, so autopsies right. are difficult, but we have immense amount of data now. I mean, just look at what happened in the life insurance industry. You know, life insurance CEOs, this is maybe 3 4 5 months ago at this point, they are saying that they are seeing rises in in life insurance claims in 18 to 64 year olds unprecedented in history a 10 percent increase year to year is considered a one in 200 year event they're reporting 38 and 42 percent increases in life of young people and that those dying and all of the timing it's after the vaccine rollouts and now you have routinely reports of people dropping dead young people without any uh, uh you know uh illnesses predating it they're dropping dead we have hundreds of athletes around the world predominantly soccer players for uh pretty good physiologic reasons collapsing on the field with with cardiac arrest. I mean, it's all around us, but yet you can't talk about it in in a cohesive way. These people out here who were
0: pushing the vaccine from day one didn't know whether it worked. They, they frankly, I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking at a school here. They had no clue because there was no study done. There was no research done. There wasn't a, a lengthy study done to find out the adverse effects. And then eventually, a few months ago, somebody from Pfizer was asked directly, did you ever test to see if this prevented the spread, um, or, or the getting of this disease? No, we never tested that. So from the beginning, when Borla and when Fauci and when Burks and Adams and down the line, the FDA, the CDC, the everybody said, if you get the shot, Joe Biden, if you get the shot, you cannot get it. You cannot spread it. When Rachel Maddow said it hits you, um, uh, COVID gets to you, you're vaccinated, COVID dies, it goes away. That was never true. By what now, re- Was there ever any research, doc, that you can point to that you can say, well, I maybe kind of see why they said that, or did they make it up whole
1: cloth? Well, first of all, they admitted that they didn't have the data to say presented transmission. Right. And I would say that immediately you could see that something was wrong. So when the vaccines were rolled out, the FDA suddenly put up on their website a new policy where they said you don't have to test the vaccinated. Now, why would you do that? So. Clearly they started to manipulate the data and the the data manipulation started in those trials. You know, the Pfizer FOIA dump, right, which is the Freedom of Information Act request, where they tried to suppress the data for 75 years. Why would you suppress data for 75 years that we need now? Right. So you can tell that there was already obfuscations and manipulations, not only of the trials, but of trying to prevent anyone knowing that these things didn't work. They eventually failed. Now it's roundly recognized not only that it does nothing for protection, but actually the vaccinated have a negative efficacy. They're more likely to get COVID now. Um, And so it's really been uh, immense amounts of corruption, manipulation and fraud uh, with the data and And, re- and recently
0: they- for- and recently they're pushing amnesty for anybody who said anything about any uh, efficacy, because we really didn't know yet we didn't have the studies in Let's give everybody a break who said that it all worked before. When
1: you heard that, what did you think i I, I, I mean amnesty. I mean, what, what what an absurd notion. First of all, there are criminals who, who committed crimes here with the distortions of data, yes. claiming things that were false, that actually were injurious to our health. The people, you know, that article last looking for amnesty, it's almost like she wants to be forgiven for believing uh, in the fraud that they didn't know. You know, if we, we changed when we knew better. That's not true. Going back to your point, Joe, they literally... As a society, mandated an experimental medical intervention with no long-term safety, and suddenly we were mandating it to hold on to your jobs, to hold, to be able to move, uh, you know, to travel. I mean, the amount of civil liberties that were infringed upon is, is atrocious. Is. And no, you don't get a pass for that, and you don't get amnesty for that. You need to learn to, to know how to behave in the future.
0: Dr. Pierre-Corey, MD, go to DrPierreCorey.com. He's the president of Frontline COVID-19, Critical Care Alliance, FCCC. And also get this book, it's The War on Ivermectin. I know that you did a Fox News uh, op-ed recently, and I want to get to that in a second. But just recently, they reissued the EUA, which is nuts to me. Just recently, a 15-member panel of the CDC said, yeah, I think we should probably add COVID shots uh, to, to the mandatory shot regimen before somebody goes to a public school. Doc, what am I missing here? We now have the information. It's at least a 50-50. Let's say before it was 100%, everybody believed that it was uh, the, the efficacy was great. It's going to work wonderfully. Then we start, okay, 75%. Now, Well, now we're about 50% sure. Let's say it's only 50%. You and I know that it's not even that. But nope. let's say it's just 50%. Why would they ever push this on our kids when we know that it is not something that children should ever be anywhere near? In fact, any male 30 years old or younger in the Nordic countries, were told you can't take the shot. It's giving you myocarditis. Why would we push that here just to, so, pre- to protect
1: the pharmaceutical companies? Joe, I'm glad that you brought up the Nordic countries, because if you look at their recommendations and contrast it to theirs, ours, the only only explanation i can give you is united states federal health agencies are under complete and total regulatory capture by the pharmaceutical industry the idea that they keep passing emergency authorizations and they keep recommending i mean in this country we recommend a covid vaccine to a 6 month old for whom young children are presents no more than a mild respiratory virus and yet we're using these toxic experimental vaccines here whereas other countries they wouldn't dare and it's because All of those committee meetings, all of those uh, committees at the FDA and the CDC, those are predetermined conclusions. You don't get onto that committee unless you're a yes man or a yes woman. And pharma knows how to stock and control those. They run those agencies. And, And that's what I'll tell you is why you're not getting good guidance. And that's why so many people have died. It's just unmitigated corporate control of public health, and it's caused untold death. Only a
0: couple of minutes left with Dr. Pierre Corey, and I appreciate the time. Let me go to the three questions that you say Dr. Anthony Fauci should have to answer. The first one is about masks, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, just... You know that that was we started off gently. I mean, the, the masks is you know why did they he flip flop so much? I mean, the guy will say anything at any time. Why don't you explain or try to explain? Give us some sense of why you pushed masks so much when you said you didn't work they didn't work at one point. I mean, nothing is based on science out of that guy. He pretends he is science, but there is no science to support his policies and how he's changed them. But
0: but the thing is, he told the truth about, about masks at first on sixty minutes, and then he did the flip flop. Did somebody get to him? Did somebody say what are you crazy we have to make people wear masks why did he change he actually said the truth that it would be silly for us all to walk around with masks
1: well that that's the question for him and that's why he's in the hot seat this week right he's being deposed and and, you know that op-ed was really kind of inspired by the stuff that we're hearing that's coming out of that deposition he's getting caught he does not have good answers um and i don't think he can explain himself in, in a scientifically credible way
0: uh what's the second question is it about
1: the efficacy of the of the vaccines uh, the, the second one was the lockdowns okay. and then, uh, and then the third is the suppression of early treatment. I mean, he was, he was one of the main, uh, attackers of the idea that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were effective and, and keep in mind that, you know, he's also caught on that because 10 years ago or in SARS and MERS, he's on record for writing and saying that it was effective against, uh, the, the initial COVID, uh, epidemic. So, you know, it, he. Fauci is the representative of the pharmaceutical industry, yes. and the, the, these policies are not based on science. So for him to try in any measured or data-driven way to explain how those policies were enacted, he will fail. Because the science shows that those policies are not supported by data, uh, and especially the attacks on on early treatment. And And that, you know, I hope I hope history gets this right. That's part of why I wrote this book. I mean, we have to learn from this. Yes. Um, the problem is history is written by the winners, and I, right now, although they've they've won, they, they've they've achieved immense profits and accomplished a lot of control and a lot of fear in the population. I do believe they're starting to lose ground now. I, I do think the truth is starting to come out, and, and that's why, again, I appreciate coming on the show to talk to you.
0: Go to Amazon and pre-order the book right now. It's the War on Ivermectin. It's Dr. Pierre Corey. In just a yes or no answer, should anybody go and get this shot?
1: Absolutely not. It is an absolute ludicrous proposal to get one of these vaccines at this point.
0: It's Dr. Paracori. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. Do me a favor. Come back again soon, would you? Absolutely. Pleasure. Appreciate you. Go to Amazon and order this book, The War on Ivermectin, and we're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. Really appreciate Dr. Corey coming on. About another minute of that interview that uh, I had to edit out because we didn't have enough time to fit it in there. It'll The entire thing, because he answers that question at the end about whether anybody should get the shot, a little bit longer form. So I'll put the entire thing up tonight. You get it about 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, something like that over on Rumble. And I'll spread it around to all my social media. Make sure you're following on Twitter, Getter, Truth, Instagram, YouTube. Wherever I am, just go and follow. Find your favorite site and it'll be up on there. We'll talk to you in a bit. Keep it here on The Joe Pag Show. This is The Joe Pag Show.